It seems to me that Nissan is misleading you about its e-power hybrid system. Perhaps it's time for Sleeping Beauty, the ACCC, to wake up. See what you think. Details next. I'm Duncan Hogan, Australia's most passionately reviled automotive investigative shit-stirrer. And I get new cars. Cheap. I do. Website. God. I live in a world where the facts, quaintly enough, still matter. I'm kind of old-timey like that, I guess. And like me, perhaps you've had a gutful of the spurious claims made routinely by car companies about their environmental virtue and associated vehicles. Nissan e-Power is coming to Australia. Advanced hybrid technology delivers true EV drive experience without ever needing to plug in. That is the headline on the page of the number two organic Google search result for Nissan ePower Australia. It's on Nissan's Australian website as I record this. So if you're a consumer and you are leaning in this vague direction for your next vehicle, this is a page that you are likely to land on and visit, and it might be pivotal in your decision to procure that car. So what is said on this page really matters, in my opinion, in the domain of accuracy. And if there's any ambiguity about what that headline actually means, here is bullet point number two on that page, which is right up the friggin' top, dude. E-Power delivers a true EV experience with the range confidence of an efficient petrol engine. A true EV experience, unfriggin' quote. Except, I suppose, for failing to deliver the lower running costs associated with using the grid to charge the battery, mainly because it's got a petrol engine and you can't plug it in. And except for the fact that it emits tailpipe CO2, unlike a true EV, because it's got a petrol engine, except for the fact that it emits toxic tailpipe pollution, because it's got a petrol engine, except for its total dependency on liquid fuel to get from A to B, which therefore does nothing for our national energy independence, unlike an actual EV and except for the fact that it demands conventional internal combustion type maintenance, such as routine oil and filter changes, and uh, it's gotta be more, except for the fact that an internal combustion engine is on board and running, adding vibration and harshness that is totally freaking absent in an actual EV. In fact, the engine in the ePower is a 1.5 litre three-cylinder, and that's a fairly large three-potter, 500 cc's per cylinder, and threes are intrinsically rough and raucous. They're inherently unbalanced, like there's an inherent out-of-balance torque because of the thrust that's unopposed when cylinders one or three fire, which rocks the block sort of front to rear. You don't get it in an inline six, which is two threes together because they reverse the second bank and that takes the torque out of play by cancelling it out neatly. Anyway, plus with a three-cylinder, the firing pulses are 240 degrees of crank rotation apart, so that's a long way apart, isn't it? Shaken all over, as Elvis would say, compared with a true EV. So with all that considered, 
I would argue that this statement about true EV experience is emphatically deceptive and misleading when examined against those key criteria that I just brought up. This conclusion is drawn on six facts that I just laid out. They're facts, right? They're not my opinion. True EVs have lower running costs. They don't emit tailpipe CO2 or pollution. They are independent of liquid fuel supplies. They do not require oil and filter changes and they don't vibrate as if they had a combustion frickin' engine on board. If you build a car with these operational characteristics, therefore, it might feel in some ways and at some times like an EV, but that cannot constitute a, quote, true EV experience. So that's kind of misleading. The electric motor is used to power the wheels with the petrol motor exclusively used to recharge the battery. This is an unequivocal statement from them right up the top of the same page. Number two organic Google search result for Nissan ePower Australia. It clearly states that the petrol engine only recharges the battery. In fact, it is accompanied by these three schematics in a gallery block on the same page. On the left is an EV, on the right is a conventional parallel type hybrid, mainly driven by combustion. In the centre is Nissan's schematic about e-power operation. It clearly shows the combustion engine driving a generator which charges the battery. Electricity subsequently flows to the inverter and the traction motor. But this is not what happens at all, it seems. Nissan seems to have kind of changed its mind about how e-power actually works after making these unequivocal claims. In high power demand situations, such as strong acceleration when entering a freeway, the petrol engine and generator are used to keep the battery pack charged and can directly power the electric motor. That is from Nissan Australia's ePower explanatory webpage today, and I'd suggest they cannot both be true. So I went to Nissan Global and got even more of a runaround. The e-power system allows you to enjoy all the benefits of an EV. So still refreshingly sucking on that Kool-Aid, apparently. At least this is misleadingly consistent. In the e-power system, the gasoline engine is not connected to the wheels. It simply charges the battery. But then, perversely, they offer this schematic in which it seems the generator running off the engine dumps its load of DC flavoured juice into the inverter, which suggests that the engine can indeed bypass the battery and power the traction motors more or less directly via the generator and inverter. Obviously, that schematic and the statement from Nissan Global, which are only inches apart on the page, are completely irreconcilably at odds, philosophically. And now here is a public statement from Nissan Australia just last week. The power for the electric motors and battery is generated by a highly advanced variable compression turbocharged petrol engine, which runs quietly in the background to feed the battery, which then supplies power to the electric motors via an inverter. And that statement suggests 
to me that Nissan Australia doesn't actually know if the generator only charges the battery or whether it can also drive the traction motors via the inverter. So perhaps they'd best put together a statement that's kind of vaguely compatible with both of those options. Or perhaps they just don't want you to think too hard about the engine leaping out of acoustic obscurity at times to do some really, really heavy lifting directly. I frankly don't see how it can possibly run, quote, quietly in the background if one of its main roles is to shoulder much of the burden of the total tractive effort when you pull out to overtake some truck and the snout is pointed well uphill. I'd suggest it would be screaming its tits off in this situation. All three of them, dude just like in Total Recall. This engine is actually very highly strung when you think about it. It's making 77 kilowatts per litre flat out, and that's roughly 50% higher in terms of specific power output than the 2.5 litre Atmo Combustion X-Trail engine, which sits right alongside the e-power in the lineup. To suggest that it's perpetually operating like some kind of elegant silent but deadly fart in a lift is frankly absurd. And to me, because scientific literacy is rock bottom in Australia, Nissan can probably get away with making these bullshit claims. A lot of people aren't going to notice, right? But it matters because consumers make decisions about how to spend tens of thousands of dollars in part based on what car companies say about their vehicles. So those claims need to be true. And that page is so accessible. Some people just want a hybrid because, you know, green virtue, dude. And some of those people will be both scientifically illiterate and unaware of just how far downhill Nissan has gone since the GFC. It's a real shame. Which is, of course, why we have the ACCC, right? And a new chair sitting there too. But it remains to be seen if she has the ability to nudge the sleeping friggin' giant of the corporate watchdog into consciousness long enough to address seemingly spurious claims such as those which I've highlighted here. And the reason for me doing this is just to inform you. I just don't want to shit talk them, but I don't want you to drop 60 grand on the wrong vehicle and bring it home and find out that reality is different to what you were promised. How it actually works and claims about the benefits, you know, that allegedly true EV experience are therefore kind of important in the public interest when there is 60,000 bucks of your after-tax income on the table. I do hope the ACCC does awaken. And the other point I'd make is if Nissan really can't understand or explain how e-power functions and can't see that it's not a quote true EV experience, then what hope is there that they'll be able to fix your e-power cash guy or X-Trail should it manage to go inconveniently poopy in its trousers one otherwise fine day sometime down the track? These vehicles are complex and complexity is the enemy of reliability. Having your shit together 
all the way from concept to execution is the only known countermeasure. At least it's the only countermeasure I know. Just saying, dude.